You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am Nick Faraby, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at WPGS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. Today, I'll be joined by Zach Gibney for the Friday preview show. We'll go over keys to the game, key matchups, key things that you need to look for for Pitt to win this game, and of course, predictions at the end. All that coming up and more on Locked on Pitt. All right, folks, welcome to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Got a special guest with me, also my fellow colleague, WPTS Radio. We're actually heading to Blacksburg this weekend. We're going to call the game on WPTS Radio. Zach Gibney. Zach, how you doing, man? How's it going? Good to be here. Very excited for our little road trip this weekend. Yeah, uh, to say the least, I'm, I'm excited to go down there, to be in Blacksburg, to be in that environment, a hostile environment, I think, you know. It's going to be a fun one. Obviously, Enter Sandman is, is yeah been blaring at pit practice all week. <laughs> um, yes, it has. It's been it's, something, right? I mean, Pitt is uh, going into what Pat Narduzzi calls a hostile environment, uh, and they've gone into two of those, and they've come out with two wins. I mean, I don't know. How much, first of all, I guess, how much do you think that road environment going to Virginia Tech after they've been in – Bobby Dodd in, in uh, Atlanta, and then obviously in Neyland in Knoxville. How do you think it'll affect them in Blacksburg? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, like you said, it is a very hostile environment. I think Pitt got a little bit of a taste of that on the road in Tennessee, but I think this one's going to have a little bit different of a flavor to it because you talk about Tennessee, and I mean, as Narduzzi said before, he talked about it being sort of an SEC game and not a conference game. That was kind of a warm-up a little bit. I think that was sort of a pre-test to this, if you will, because I think Virginia Tech, it's – this is a really important game for them. This is a really important game for Pitt and just the ACC Coastal Division in general. And I think this will go a long way to deciding who ends up representing the division in the ACC Championship game. Remember, if Pitt wins this game, they have two games up on everybody in the Coastal thanks to the tiebreaker. So, I mean, this is a huge game for both sides. Virginia Tech, if they want to stay in touch, and Pitt, if they want to kind of continue to re- reaffirm themselves as sort of this the only real contender in the Coastal. I think you can make a really good argument right now just looking at the rest of the schedule for Pitt. This is their most important game. Yes. Period. Like, at all. Like, Because yeah. I, I, I think you look down the schedule and it's like Clemson, that's a toss-up game, even though, you know, their offense isn't really good. Their defense is still elite. And you, there's always the thought that Uyagagale is going to have the breakout game. So who knows, <laughs> We're right? We're waiting on that. We've been waiting on it and hasn't come yet, but it could come in Pittsburgh, I always suppose. Um, But, you know, Miami doesn't look very good. The Air King's now out for the year. That should now be a win, a, like, clear win. I think that was a toss-up. Now it's a clear win. Duke should be a win. Duke does have a talented back in Mateo Durant, but outside of that, they're not a great team. North Carolina at this point should be a win uh, again, but Sam Howell. Um, I mean, they should win – Really, they should go 10 and 2, 9 and 3. But Virginia Tech is so key because if there's another team in the in the coastal, I think, 
right now that would scare you enough to say that team could maybe come here and, and win the Coastal, even with a, a pick going, say, six and two in conference, that could be a team that could steal the, the division away from Pitt if they win this game. This is a huge game for Pitt, I think. The ramifications are just so widespread if they lose. Yeah, without a doubt. It seems like as this kind of is like a microcosm of college football as a whole, but I mean, in the Coastal Division, you're kind of having a hard time getting a read on a lot of these teams. I mean, you look at Virginia Tech, they've played some good games. They've, I mean, they went to West Virginia and put up a good fight there, and then they lost in Notre Dame last week. But I mean, they've been a team that's kind of been in the conversation all year. You look at that first game against North Carolina, Sam Howell, all the hype going into that one is a huge draft prospect and all that. And they really shut him down. I mean, he he wasn't really able to do much. And I mean, we talk about his struggle a lot this year, but at the same time, he's going to be drafted in the NFL. He's a very good quarterback. And that Virginia Tech defense really just put the locks on him pretty easily almost. I mean, 10 points for North Carolina in that one. So, I mean, to kind of go back to it, it's it's tough to really tell what these teams are like. I mean, even looking at Pitt, it's like you lose to Western Michigan, but then again, you look great on the road in Tennessee. You look awesome on the road at Georgia Tech. So it's like, again, where are we at with with any of these teams? And I think, like I said, this game's going to go a long way to deciding, you know, okay, this is Pitt, this is Virginia Tech, and kind of where we go from here on out. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knows exactly either where Pitt is going in terms of their team. I think that it's still a wait-and-see game. I think there's the talent offensively. This offense is talented enough to – even against, in my opinion, and this is all what I want to get into because that I think this game is going to really be won, obviously, with the pit offense. And the pit offense itself has not been stopped and at all. And, you know, the Tennessee defense looks a lot better than it did when we were talking about it a few weeks ago. They've done well against SEC opponents. And also, for what it is worth – the Georgia Tech defense has been decent enough, too, yeah. against North Carolina. They only gave up 27 against Duke. It's, it's a decent enough defense. And Pitt's just blowing it out of the water. And quite honestly, to tell you the same thing, um, I'll, I'll say this. The Western Michigan defense as well, Ball State put up a 40 spot on them, but they've been good outside of that game, too. Even against Michigan, stood tough. So while it's kind of a cupcake schedule to a degree, it's not a complete cupcake schedule, but this, I think pretty clearly, at least in my opinion, is the best defense that Pitt has encountered this year. Yeah, I think without a doubt, but as you said, I think Pitt's offense has been just, I mean, out of this world. I mean, coming into this year, we talk about Pitt as like this really strong defensive team that'll like score some points, but their defense is going to be what wins them game. It's been completely flipped this year. And I mean, we go back to the Western Michigan game. I mean, they lost that game. Yes. But you look back and it was 20 to seven at one point and it's like, okay, this is not looking great. And then the offense like that turns it on. And it's just, you look at the, I mean, Kenny Pickett, it feels like they can go down and score whenever that it's, it's kind of like a, if you look at the NFL, like a Kansas city chiefs thing from a couple of years ago, it's like, okay, you're containing them for a little bit, but they can just go out and put up 21 in five minutes if they want. And it's just, it's been unbelievable to watch. And I think you're right. I think this is probably the best defense they've played. I know that sort of MO was going into Georgia tech was this is going to be a good defense. And I mean, Pitt made them look like a FCS team pretty much. So it's, it's going to be an interesting test, especially on the road, especially with the communication issues. I mean, as, as the whole storyline goes, there's no headsets in college football. You got to kind of relay the signs and all that stuff. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see how the offense functions in such a hostile environment, like you were talking about, 
but I mean, you look back at Tennessee and they did okay there. And I, I, I would be surprised if they didn't do okay against Virginia tech as well. I mean, this is just an offense that really doesn't have any breaks right now. And there's almost no weaknesses at this point yeah. because of their running game. And I do want to talk about that, but first folks, I want to let you know about built bar. Did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors? Yeah, that's right. There's nine and there's something for everyone in every single box. You can have coconut, cherry, brassia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, or German chocolate. Folks, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And folks, they're all healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Those amazing flavors. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. So folks, here's an offer. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. Again, that's the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Make sure to check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Let's talk about this running game because, man, they have minimized this team's weaknesses. Now, the interesting thing is they ran the football against an actual team. They ran it decently yeah. well against, against Georgia Tech. It was kind of interesting. And But you look at the Virginia Tech defense, and it's interesting. Because their strength is in the back end. The strength is their coverage unit. They did pretty well overall against a Notre Dame team that has weapons. They don't, and I'm not a Jack Cohn fan or a Tyler Buchner guy, <laughs> really. But they did well. Only 221 yards given up, but 173 yards on the ground for the Fighting Irish. That's kind of the thing with Georgia, with Virginia Tech is they've been exposed a little bit on the ground versus both Notre Dame and West Virginia. So... Is, I, I do wonder, especially there's a 50% chance right now of rain going on. Yes. And, um, <laughs> do we see Pitt actually run the football more? I, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but could Pitt run the football more given the conditions and what we've seen from Virginia Tech's defense kind of being a little bit susceptible to the run game? Um, I think they will, partially because I think Pitt is a team – they haven't really had a lead key back. Like there hasn't been a guy who's been, okay, this is your RB one kind of thing, but it's sort of been a by committee thing where you can throw out a lot of different looks at it. You have Vincent Davis who can do one thing and then Izzy who can do another thing. And then Rodney Hammond who can come in and say, okay, who's this guy? And then he comes off the bench and rushes for eight yards per carry. It's like, you kind of have a lot of different looks as an offense if you're pit. And they kind of seem to find that as an offense a little bit last game, as you were talking about their run game kind of came around a little bit. And I think that has a lot to do with the offensive line as well. That was a big story coming in, talking about how the offensive line may not be as strong as they were last year, losing Jimmy Morrissey. And they've been excellent. I mean, you look at pit games, you look at the film on that, and it's just he has so much time to throw all the time. And it's been translating recently into the running attack as well. I mean, you look at all these running backs, they've been successful in recent games. And I think as, as we talked about, the rain is going to be a factor here, obviously. I think there's still going to be air in the ball out a lot because you can open up the defense a little bit like that. If you get the ball in the air early, you can kind of open up those running lanes a little bit more. As we said, the Virginia Tech secondary secondary has always been very strong. Lost Caleb Farley last year, but I mean, they're still a very formidable unit. And I think that's just going to what they're going to be trying to do is sort of open up those running lanes early by the pass and sort of have a little bit of give and take there. 
Yeah, and when you talk about that as well, interesting to note for the first half, Dax Hollifield, the Virginia Tech captain, and going into the game against Notre Dame, he was the leader in tackle for losses and tied for the team leading sacks. He's out the first half because of the targeting penalty yeah. in the second half of the Notre Dame game. I think that's going to be a big loss for them um, going forward, at least into that first half. And listen, here's the thing, that why that matters a lot. Look at what Pitt did to Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech rather, in the first half. They yes. completely ran up the score. And it was just, here's the thing. If this thing turns into a shootout, Virginia Tech does not have a chance. I, I just, correct. I, I, Burmeister, he's tough. He's got the heart of a line. I don't think he's, first of all, I think he's, I don't think he's as good as Hendon Hooker. I don't think he's as good as Caleb Ellaby. I don't even know if he's better than Jeff Sims. I, I don't. Yeah. He's not a great thrower of the football. He's fast. He's quick. He can beat you with his legs, but they don't, they also don't have the running game like a Georgia does. For example, if you just want to talk about the upper echelon of teams, Georgia doesn't really have a great quarterback right now with JT Daniels hurt. Stetson Bennett's yeah. just a game manager, but they're running the football at will. Virginia tech hasn't proven to do that either. So, and, and also that's pitch strength. The strength is to stop the run in, in the pit uh, defense. So, I don't know how the Virginia Tech offense is going to get a ton of production outside of these quick hitters, the RPO game, and kind of forcing guys like Trey Turner, Travion Robinson, Raheem Blackshear, these talented players on that team into space and trying to force those missed tackles in the secondary. I think that's my biggest worry for the Pitt defense, at least. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is – people have kind of talked about Pitt's issues with defending the RPA all year. And I think that's definitely going to be something Virginia tech tries to exploit. I mean, you talk about Burmeister too. I think you're completely on nail on the head about him too. He's, he's similar. He's a running quarterback, obviously he's their leading rusher, but at the same time, he's had his issues. I mean, he has less, he's a 58% completion percentage. Not bad. He doesn't, he's not the same kind of guy as Kenny, but he's not going to air the ball out a whole lot. He's not going to provide this sort of explosive jolt to the offense that, I mean, it's going to be key for them to like get the, get the run going early because if they don't, they're going to be forced to pass it. And I think Pitt's going to kind of see that coming a little bit. And it's going to be, it's, it's tough to say, man, it's Braxton Burmeisters. I still think he's a bit of an unknown commodity. He is one of the fastest players on that team though. It is, it's interesting to watch him play because he does roll out a lot. He does try to get yards on the ground a lot. It's, it's going to be a test for the Pitt defense, the linebackers, especially to kind of keep up with him a little bit. But I mean, you talk about Sims last week, and I think there are some similarities there. I think that was a good sort of test run for that defense. They contained him pretty well, and there's really no reason to think that they wouldn't contain Burmeister as well. Yeah, Burmeister, he's interesting. Again, he's very tough. Yeah. We saw what happened last week with the shoulder injury, and then he comes back in after Connor Blumrick gets hurt. It, all indications are Burmeister's good to go, but yeah. how bad is the shoulder? Don't know. Um, so – you know, how well are they going to be able to pass the football? Again, I don't know. But Virginia Tech has always been this kind of thorn in Pitt's side when they go to Blacksburg. And it's only when they go to Blacksburg. It's kind of the other way, too, for Virginia Tech. Whenever they come up to Pittsburgh, Pitt often puts a beatdown on them. Look at last year, for example. Um, that was a beatdown by Pitt. Pitt blew out Virginia Tech last year. This isn't a team at least in Virginia Tech, that is drastically different than what Pitt saw about a year ago either. It's not a crazy different team. But for Pitt, they're a bit of a different team in the ways of their defensive personnel, first of all, obviously, and then also the heightened level Kenny Pickett's playing at. But my, my thing is, 
the last two times they've gone to Blacksburg, Pitt has given up a combined 15 explosive plays of 30-plus yards or more. It's not even close when they're in Pittsburgh. I don't know what that is. If it's Pitt, maybe Blacksburg having a, a tough time. Mark Whipple, I think, even said he hates going to Blacksburg. He's not, he's not <laughs> going to visit it after he retires. This isn't an explosive play offense, and Virginia Tech has the same amount of explosive plays as Vanderbilt this year. <laughs> Just to sh- yeah. showcase how non-explosive this offense is. I, I just, it, there's this voodoo about it. I don't know. I'm, you're always just scared that these playmakers for Virginia Tech have a chance to maybe break a few big ones. Yeah, I, it's, this is a really tough game to read. And I think you kind of touched on it a little bit there. It's what is Burmeister going to do? What is the running game going to do? They seem to be kind of like Pitt where they don't really have a, they have a couple backs who kind of get the majority of the carries, but it seems like they kind of go with a, a lot of different looks a lot as well. So like you said, it, I think this is a very different Pitt team than last year. And obviously with the offense we talked about, but the defense hasn't been as dominant as they were last year. That being said, I do think it's kind of a matter of time for them. And I think they'll have one of those sort of get right games where they sort of shut down one of these really high level, not, I mean, I'm not calling Virginia Tech a necessarily high level offense, but you know, like a, an ACC coastal offense that they are going to be seeing multiple times throughout the year. I think there's a good chance. This is that game for Pitt's defense. They've kind of been sort of the narrative has been, of course, they've had their struggles in the, the uh, secondary and whatnot, but I mean, I, I like what I saw from Damari Mathis last week. I think having him back this year has been huge. It's, it's, it's sort of just a matter of time, I feel like, for them. The pass rush, too. I mean, we talk about them leading the nation in sacks in previous years, and it's just – I feel like it's just a matter of time until they get through, and I feel like this might be the game for them. I think it very possibly could be, and, and Pitt needs to have their defense have a solid performance. It doesn't need to be a dominant performance because, again, I think Kenny Pickett in the offense realistically can put up 30 plus points, pretty simply yes. put. Uh, if Notre Dame could put up 20, 32, I think Pitt can put up more than that. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Can Kenny, the, the, the big question I always ask here, I asked this against Georgia Tech too. Could Kenny Pickett in the offense kind of hold up against that team? Because they came off, a, Georgia Tech coming off it was an eight sack performance against UNC. I think now we just know UNC's offensive line sucks. Um, I think that's kind of <laughs> the whole point. Notre Dame's O-line also was not very good this year, which is weird to say. Usually they have one of the best in the nation, but it's not good this year. And Virginia Tech ran over them. They ran over them, um, really, in in pass rush. I mean, these guys were getting hit all game. Nine QB hits from Virginia Tech. They got after them. I don't know. Do you think the pass rush of Virginia Tech is going to be an issue? I feel like at this point, after people have seen teams trying to drop eight, and Pitt still beating them, I feel like Pickett's going to start to see a little bit of a blitz. We have yet to see if Pitt can answer that bell, but this might be the game where they see a blitz. Yeah, I agree. I, this is – Virginia Tech's defensive scheme coming into this is going to be a huge storyline because, as you said, I mean, the offensive line for Pitt's been great. At the Virginia Tech pass rush, they're going to need to get there if they want to win this game. This is going to be a really key matchup to watch that Pitt offensive line against the Virginia Tech pass rush. Because if they don't get there, Kenny Pickett's going to sit back and pick that defense apart. It's done, We've seen it all year. When you give him time, when you give him space, guys like Addison are going to get five yards on the defensive backs and he's just going to go over the top. And I feel like we've seen it 20 times this year with Jordan Addison pretty much waltzing into the end zone 20 or 15 yards ahead of other defense. It's just they need the pass rush needs to get there for Virginia Tech. You can't give these receivers time to get open. I mean, even looking beyond Addison, too, you look at Jared Wayne, you look at Taysier Mack, even Jalen Barden, he's really come into his own as well. So 
you have to get to Kenny Pickett if you're Virginia Tech because the more time he has, the more damage he's going to do. There's so many weapons on this offense. And I do want to talk about them more and how they could be utilized during this game as we continue. But first, folks, I want to let you know about betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever as the teams are back on the gridiron. Football season is in full swing. And as always, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action you want this season. With the new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So folks, just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just don't forget to use our promo code Locked On, and you'll receive your bonus. That's the promo code Locked On. On from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk about those weapons, Zach. You know, you didn't even mention Shockey Jack Louis, who also has yeah. potential. Melquis Stovall has, has had some yeah. catches. Lucas Crawl, obviously. Um, is, is Gavin Bartholomew, even. Them. He's been great for them. I, I yes. think this is where I'm going to say this right now. I think that – so I Virginia Tech, Jermaine Waller, he had the pick six last week for Virginia Tech. Coming into this game, Virginia Tech has seven interceptions. Kenny Pickett has one on the year total. He doesn't make many bad decisions, but they're an opportunistic defense because guys like Jermaine Waller, who's going to be a future NFL player, are there. But I'll say this, the slot, I think the slot or the middle of the field might be where you look here. So that's Jordan Addison, who's probably going to get more of his slot reps. He's been outside and on the slot this year. I think he's going to get played a lot more in the slot. I think this can be a big game for Lucas Carl. I really do. I don't see anyone that really matches up crazy well against Lucas Carl. I mean, I'm not seeing that he's he's a mismatch. I think to me, he's he's a big time mismatch for them. Yeah, I think he. I completely agree. He's he's an absolute mountain of a human being, and I think Pitt, you're right, is going to take advantage of that a little bit. Another guy you talked about, Jordan Addison being in the slot. I think that means Jared Wayne will be on the outside a lot, and he's a guy. I mean, as well. Just a ridiculous athlete. I, I think that gets he gets sort of shaded a little bit since Jordan Addison has all these stats and has all these catches and stuff like that. But I think he can be an NFL player too, honestly. He's really got the skill set. He's a really talented guy. And I think if they get him going a little bit, they're going to have to allocate the resources. If they if Kroll gets going, they're going to have to put guys on him. And then Addison, of course, that's going to be something they're going to look to as well. So it's going to open it up for these other receivers a little bit. And I think that's going to be dangerous as well. One thing as well, Izzy Banaconda coming out of the backfield. If they stretch the field down a little bit to start the game, those check down low options are going to be open more. And Izzy's been a guy who's shown to be a good catcher of the football coming out of the backfield. So like you said, this offense just has, it seems like unlimited weapons and it's sort of a pick your poison situation. It seems like at this point. Yeah. And even when the blitz comes, Kenny Pickett can run out of there. And yeah. Out of there. And that's kind of the big thing as well. His out of structure ability makes this offense just that much better as well. I fully expect Kenny Pickett in the offense to do what they've been doing. I, I don't see yeah. why it should stop. Maybe they don't put 52 up on the board, but I can see them putting up, 38 41 ish around there you know i think this this could be a tennessee-esque performance from kenny pickett and i one of the biggest things i i really want to touch on is 
I just, I don't know. Pitt matches up really well against Virginia Tech, I yes. think. I Again, because Pat Narduzzi's scheme is designed to beat quarterbacks that can't throw the football well. Joe Milton, for example. <laughs> Look at Joe Milton. Jeff Sims did not have a good day passing the football. They beat him. I think Burmeister's a lot of the same way. He's a bit of an unknown, but... He doesn't really have the deep ball accuracy. He doesn't really have the juice to really uncork the deep balls either. Again, this is not an explosive offense. It seems to me I'm weary of the game because it's just Pitt and Blacksburg, and they don't win a lot in Blacksburg. Now, Pat Narduzzi has won in Blacksburg before, his actual first time in Blacksburg, but they match up really well against this team. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, his defense is designed to be quarterbacks who aren't necessarily the most talented throwers of the football. And I think something that Pitt's defense has been exposed for this year is giving up those sort of intermediate passes. You look back to that Western Michigan game and there was a lot of those, they had three explosive plays in the entire game and put up 44 points. So this is going to be something you're going to have to watch. If Pitt is giving up those intermediate passes for 10, 15 yards, on a consistent basis, and they can't really find a way to stop it, that's going to do a lot for this Virginia Tech offense. And even if they can't necessarily stretch the ball down the field as much, they're going to be able to have those outlets open. So those pit secondary guys, those linebackers are going to need to sort of lock in a little bit and say, okay, this has been something that's beat us all year. We need to kind of adjust to that and sort of, you know, come. I think they did a little bit of that after the Western Michigan game because it hasn't been as noticeable since then. I think there were some adjustments made. So hopefully that kind of continues into this one, but that's going to be something to watch as well. Pitt has been struggling, not necessarily on the, the explosive plays, but sort of those just sort of dink and dunks, sort of chunk yardage plays. Yeah, that's the thing. And and again, we talked about this earlier. I like these Virginia Tech receivers. I think they have a few talented guys here. Trey Turner, Travion Robinson. These are guys that are really elusive football players. Working Blackshear out of the backfield kind of the same way. These are guys that you get in space, and, and you saw it even against Georgia Tech. You know, Jameer Gibbs was – he did well. Obviously, one of them got called back because of a penalty, but he was breaking tackles. The secondary's tackling is, is probably the biggest issue right now on this team because if you can just hit a swing pass out to your running back and he can go 71 yards for a touchdown, <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you doing here, right? But still, I think Pitt matches up really well here against Georgia Tech. And, and – or Virginia Tech, rather, and I, I think they also matched the ball against Georgia Tech. So you just look at that, and it, it gets a hostile environment. And I think that's the thing here, right? Does Pitt get rattled? And do we see, for example, bad snaps from Owen Drexel? We've seen that before. Does Kenny – I think the biggest thing that I'm worried about is they come out and have a similar start to what they did against Tennessee. You know, the, the blocked punt, down to nothing. Kenny has to claw it back. They did win that game, but if they get off to a slow start here, I am a little bit worried. Yeah, I think I was just going to touch on that. The start is going to be so key because eventually the crowd is not going to be talking so much if Pitt goes up to 14 nothing, 21 nothing early. And if they do, if Pitt gets off to that fast start, this game's over because the one thing Virginia Tech has going for them is the crowd, and they're going to be able to sort of disrupt this offense that really seems like no one can disrupt them so far this year. And if they're able to sort of do that early – that's going to open it up more and later in the game. And Virginia Tech's going to say, okay, we're in this game. Just need to limit Kenny Pickett. Maybe our offense will put up a couple of points here and there, and we'll go from there. But if Pitt goes off to a start where it's like, like we saw last game with Georgia Tech, where they're up early, their defense is making stops, this game is done. There's Virginia Tech is not coming back against Pitt's offense 
I, I just can't see it happening. Obviously, you can't never say never, but at the same time, Pitt's offense is not designed in a form where teams are able to really come back from huge deficits against them. It's just not the way it works. It's not. And, and again, that's the thing. So there's, I think the, th- the keys to the game are one, stop those weapons. Just don't let them yeah. get big plays on the short stuff. Make the intermediate stuff. Make them earn it deep. Just make them earn it deep. And that's kind of the yeah. big thing. Offensively, do what you do. Just let Kenny be Kenny. You know you got it. Pick up the blitzes. That's the stuff you're going to see here. And I think quieting that crowd, that fast start, also, though, taking care of the football, huge for Yes. Pitt. That's kind of an under-the-radar thing against Western Michigan that you look at. Pickett picked it and turned into points for Western Michigan, but it stopped the promising drive. The Owen Drexel bad snap did turn into points. And there were two of those bad snaps in that game, three turnovers, if you will. But I think as long as Pitt just takes care of the football, just have a clean sheet on terms of the turnovers, that's going to be the thing. And Pitt obviously forced two huge turnovers early in Atlanta that helped them. The Patrician pick six, that will always be be helpful as well. But I think the other last key that we haven't really hit on yet are the turnovers. You just can't turn the football over against Virginia Tech. Give them life. Give them short fields. That's the last thing you can do. Yeah, Nick, I think one of the things that we've seen Kenny Pickett, you look at his stats from this year and the years before, there's such a disparity amongst touchdowns, yards, really everything. He's grown tremendously this year. And you say, what's the difference? I think the biggest difference is the fact that he's grown, not necessarily from a talent standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. He's making great decisions this year. I mean, as you said, he's really made one bad throw this year. And it was that Western Michigan game, that pick, which was a bad pick. But at the same time, he's a human. He's going to do that every once in a while. But you see Kenny Pickett, and you rarely see him make bad decisions. He's throwing it away when he needs to. He's not taking as many sacks as he used to. And he's just a smarter football player in general. There's a lot that goes into that. I think a lot of it has to do with sort of coming into a zone with Mark Whipple, sort of, you know, it seems like the offense just is clicking much better this year. Mark Whipple has a better idea of what makes Kenny work better, like those deep passes and things like that, where it just helps him out a lot. But I think in part, it just, he's a much better player from a mental standpoint than he was last year. And that's, that's really what translates in the NFL. You can have talent, you can have smarts, but when you put them both together, you get a really special product. And I think that's what we've been seeing from Kenny Pickett so far. I agree with that, man. All right. Prediction time. What's your prediction <laughs> for the game? What do you think is going to end up happening? Does Pitt cover the spread? They're pretty good against the spread down in Blacksburg. They've been good against the spread. The betters do like Pitt a little bit because they're actually pretty predictable on the spread. But you think <laughs> Pitt covers that? I think it's now down a negative four and a half spread uh, in favor of Pitt. Uh, yeah, I, if there's points, Pitt will certainly win. If there's not points, Pitt's going to have a little bit tougher of a time. I still think they get it done. I think this is another game where they put up 40 some points. We'll go 43, 28 as your final. It just, I, I, until I see someone stop this Pitt offense, I'm going to keep believing in them. And I think that's kind of going to continue in a Blacksburg. I, I think it's, I think that's a good sentiment to have until someone could slow down Kenny Pickett. And what he's doing, until someone can slow down Jordan Addison, until someone can slow down those guys, you bet on the offense. The question will be the defense. And, and yeah. the thing is, Virginia Tech's not built to be explosive. And that's the thing. If you, This was, again, a, an offense that was built to be more explosive. Tennessee, for example. It's, it's an up-tempo offense that's built to, to get shows chunk plays. Even Western Michigan, they are built for that more. 
It's not what Virginia Tech is. It's not what that is. Georgia Tech yeah. was built to be more explosive. Virginia Tech, they're probably going to try things like double moves and the, the RPOs. It's not what they usually do. It's going to be a little bit out of their comfort zone. And, and also Kenny Pickett, listen, they're going up against a team that runs a lot of cover two, cover three stuff, and Pickett's just going to eat on the cushion on cover three. And we've seen him hit that cover two post or just hit the in route on cover two all the time. You can't cover it. I mean, it, they no. tried coverages on the back end. It hasn't worked. It's going to be all up to the blitzing of Virginia Tech, and I think I think Pitt's offensive line's up to the task. I do. I think, you know, Gabe Hoy's played really well this year. Yes. Marcus Meyer's been a great addition to the to the team. Cradle's taken another step up. I think it's a really solid offensive line, and I think, they'll, you know, maybe Kenny gets sacked one or two times here, but I, I don't think it's going to be anything where it's going to be detrimental enough to stop this offense completely. I, I have Pitt winning as well. I think Pitt covers that spread. I think they're going to win this game. I'll go 42 to 28. I'll go that. Um, I think Pitt wins this game. All right, Zach, plug your stuff, man. Where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they read all your stuff, listen to you, all that good stuff? Uh, it's at Zach Gibney on Twitter, with Zach with a K, that is. And uh, I write for the Pitt News, WPTS Radio, listening to the game. Saturday at 3.30, WPTS FM. I'll be on the call with Nick. That'll be a good time for sure. All right, folks, make sure to go check out that broadcast. Check out where Zach writes at the Pit News. Make sure to check it out and support him for everything what, Everything he does. He is great. But, folks, we are going to be in Blacksburg. Big game coming up on Monday, obviously. We will talk about the ramifications of the game, win or lose, whichever decides to occur itself, whichever pit team decides to show itself. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Now, don't forget to make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. Folks, thank you for listening as always. And as always, hail to Pitt.